Well, the pot continues to boil in the Ukraine, and the entire world is focused on what may happen next. America has made the pledge to support its NATO allies. An article in Bloomberg stated, The U.S. will defend its NATO allies, no ifs, ands, or buts, U.S. Vice President Joe Biden said today at an Atlantic Council conference in Washington. Secretary of State John Kerry said at the conference yesterday that unlike Ukraine, which isn't a NATO member and where alliance nations have ruled out war, a move against a treaty ally would have grave consequences. We have to make it absolutely clear to the Kremlin that NATO territory is inviolable, Kerry said. We will defend every piece of it. The comments by Biden and Kerry are intended to reassure nations such as Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania, all former Soviet republics, and draw a red line for Russia, end quote. Well, the article went on to state, historically Americans have supported the defense commitment to NATO. The key alliances assembled after World War II to defend Western Europe against the Soviet Union and its Warsaw Pact allies. Under Article 5 of the 1949 North Atlantic Treaty, the U.S. and all other members would consider an armed attack on any one of them an attack on all. The article quoted Stephen Hadley, National Security Advisor to President George W. Bush, and had the following to say. I think this is also about shattering NATO and potentially shattering the EU, because if he were to do something in the Baltics and we did not respond, that's the end of Article 5, that's the end of NATO. Potentially, this is not just about re-establishing some kind of Russian empire, it's quite frankly an effort to see how far he can go to disrupt NATO and perhaps even disrupt the European Union. Well, there's a lot of fear throughout the Baltic states. The same Bloomberg article also stated, the Estonians are scared to death that Putin will, will threaten them as he has the Ukrainians. Republican Senator John McCain of Arizona said this week. The response from Joseph Biden, America's vice president, was also given. In response to Russian aggression, America is taking steps to make clear that our allies will all honor the solemn commitments under Article 5 of the NATO Treaty. That is an absolute ironclad guarantee. Responding to the Ukrainian crisis, Canada announced the movement of HMCS Regina, currently deployed to the Arabian Sea, as a supply ship to join NATO's Marine Group 1, which patrols the Mediterranean Sea. NATO's news agency reports that this group was deployed April 22nd to the Baltic Sea. The group is made up of five ships, two from Norway, one each from Belgium, Holland, and Estonia. They are mostly mine-sweeping vessels, except for the Norwegian frigate Valkyrian, which is the flagship of the group. Canada's supply ship is to join the group. Canada's Prime Minister announced six CF-18 fighter jets from Quebec are to leave for Romania. The Canadian planes joins a force of fighter jets from Poland, the United Kingdom, Denmark and France to help police NATO air over the Baltic. NATO's news service reported that Poland has MiG-29s, four British Typhoon jets operating out of air bases in Lithuania, and the Danes have four F-16 jets operating out of Estonia, while the French have four Rafael jets operating out of Poland. The Chinese news agency reported that America is calling on NATO nations to increase their spending, 
The article stated that top American envoy John Kenvoy has cautioned, we cannot continue to allow Allied defense budgets to shrink. Clearly, not all allies are going to meet the NATO benchmark of 2% of GDP overnight or even the next year, but it's time for allies who are below that level to make credible commitments to increase their spending on defense over the next five years. The article went on to state, He once again alleged that Russia has taken not one single step to help to de-escalate tensions in eastern Ukraine, but rather done the contrary. It was also reported by WND last week. Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel has said that as many as 10,000 U.S. troops could be deployed in Poland. Well, this all sounds well and fine, but Obama's administration doesn't exactly have a good record of drawing red lines. Not only this, but Europe is very afraid of any military action. The New York Times reported on the 16th of April, Chancellor Angela Merkel of Germany and other leaders here have for weeks made it clear that they will go along with tougher sanctions while cautioning behind closed doors that a serious rupture in business and other ties could take years to heal. Germany depends on Russia for up to 40% of its natural gas. Ms. Merkel and President Vladimir Putin of Russia talked by telephone on Tuesday evening, according to the statements from both governments. In Berlin, a government spokesman, George Streiter, underlined that the two leaders did not necessarily come to any meeting of the minds, let alone a shared assessment of Ukraine, as Mr. Putin was quoted as saying, verged on the brink of civil war. Interestingly, the New York Times quoted German Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Swasan Kleble as stating, Europe speaks with one voice and is coordinating closely with the United States. This is spine-chilling when you consider the words of Revelation 17, verses 12 to 14. The ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Well, right now, the one mind has a clear statement. We're terribly afraid of the Russian bear. As Revelation states, ultimately, the alliance of Europe will be coordinating with the beast, ridden by the harlot and not with America. The Bloomberg article cited earlier also quotes Angela Merkel speaking in Aachen, Germany, the old capital of Charlemagne's Holy Roman Empire. She says, we in Europe are very much in agreement that a military resolution of the problem cannot happen. It is not on the agenda. War is not a solution, and we have to find other ways, end quote. So, if Putin knows that war is not on the agenda, what does he have to worry about? America cannot go it alone without Europe on European soil. The clouds of appeasement are blackening the skies of Europe once again. In 1938, the lone voice of Winston Churchill rang out while the government of England claimed peace in our time. He said, We do not suppose that this is the end. This is only the beginning of reckoning. This is, the only, this is only the first sip a first foretaste of a bitter cup which will be proffered to us year by year unless by a supreme recovery of moral health and martial vigor we rise again to take our stand for freedom as in olden time. Well, the Bible warns that Europe is going to drink the cup and fall under the authority of Russia. 
Churchill also stated of appeasement, An appeaser is one who feeds a crocodile, hoping it will eat him last. Merkel is feeding that crocodile. For all its saber-rattling, America appears to be impotent. A recent cartoon depicts President Putin with his angry Russian bear on a leash, meeting President Obama, who brings a stuffed Care Bear along. Defense ministers from the EU's 28 member states were briefed on the crisis in Ukraine by the bloc's foreign policy chief, as well as the head of NATO, Angers Fogg-Ramusen. The Chinese news agency CCTV reported Ramusen called on Russia to pull its troops back from the Ukrainian border and to seek a political solution to the unrest, which he accused Russia of playing a key role in. It's very clear that Russia's hand is deeply engaged in this, he said. Ramusen said the alliance would not intervene militarily in Ukraine, but would boost its presence in other Eastern European countries and launch drills involving so-called EU battle groups, which include non-NATO members like Sweden and Finland. Well, Russia sees the aggression as being all-American. Russia Today quotes Russia's Foreign Minister Lavrov. Russian citizens being attacked is an attack against the Russian Federation. The only thing I would like to heighten at this stage is that the Russian troops are on the Russian territory. There is no reason not to believe that the Americans are running the show in the most direct way, end quote. Well, the stakes continue to be raised. There is real debate as to who is behind the problem in the Ukraine. One thing is for certain, the Russia bear has been awakened from hibernation and is a little on the grumpy side. Britain's UK party minister or party leader Nigel Farage in a debate with Britain's deputy prime minister Nicholas Clegg stated, I don't support Russia, but if you poke the Russian bear with a stick, he will respond. Putin went a step further this past Thursday, demanding that Ukrainian soldiers vacate the eastern side of their own country. The Globe and Mail reported President Vladimir Putin of Russia told Chancellor Angela Merkel of Germany on Thursday that Ukraine must remove its military from the southeastern region of the country to resolve the showdown there with pro-Russian militants who have seized several official buildings, the Kremlin said. Putin emphasized that it was imperative today to withdraw all military units from the southeastern region, stop the violence, and immediately launch a broad national dialogue as part of the constitutional reform process involving all regions and political forces, the Russian government said in a statement. The issue Putin is citing is the presence of Ukrainian special forces groups, which he purports are about to begin a campaign in the east. China Weekly reported Thursday, Moscow is seriously worried by media reports about Kiev's regime's plans to carry out special assault operations in the southeastern regions of the country using ultranationalist right sector units, it said in a statement. Calling the potential actions irresponsible or aggressive, Russia said they will have catastrophic consequences if implemented. The ministry urged Ukraine, together with the United States and the European Union, which signed the Geneva Agreement in April 17th, not to make criminal mistakes and to soberly assist or assess the gravity of the possible consequences for use of force against the Ukrainian people. End quote. Well, fear is running rampant in Latvia, where American troops have been called in. ABC News reported. Fear has spread across the region, prompting hundreds of American troops to be sent for joint training in Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, where fears of a Russian invasion are very real.
You have seen what occurred in Ukraine, Crimea, and so to them it's a real and very real threat, said Lieutenant General Donald M. Campbell, Jr., the commanding general of the U.S. Army Europe. Well, the New Delhi TV News reported that Ukraine is reinstituting conscription to find enough troops to defend itself. It said, an increasingly desperate Ukraine on Thursday brought back military conscription with immediate effect as a spreading pro-Russian rebellion in the east threatened the ex-Soviet Republic with disintegration. The move, decreed by interim president Alexander Turchinov, came after insurgents tightened their grip over more than a dozen eastern cities and towns by seizing the state prosecutor's building in the regional hub city of Donetsk. He also put Ukraine's current army of 130,000 on full combat alert because of fears of an estimated 40,000 Russian troops massed on the border could invade. In a desperate attempt to find support, Ukrainian Prime Minister Arseniy Yatsenyuk visited the Pope this week. The Financial Times reported that during the visit, Ukraine's interim Prime Minister said on Thursday his country was entering its most dangerous 10 days since independence in 1991 and was struggling to counter pro-Russian separatists on the verge of taking over the industrialized eastern heartland. The Vatican said in a statement that Francis and Yatsenyuk had discussed the specific role that religious organizations could play in fostering mutual respect and harmony. Mention was made of possible further initiatives by the international community in this regard. End quote. Not exactly a definitive statement with any real substance. The Pope told Prime Minister he would do everything possible for the country. Well, what will that look like? One must remember the record of the Vatican when it comes to world dictators. Cardinal Pacelli, later become Pope Pius XII, signed a concordant with Nazi Germany because of a common enemy, atheistic communism. Pius remained silent throughout the war, although he was fully aware of the final solution. In his book, Hitler's Pope, John Corwell, Cornwell captures the tragic, terrible story of the deadly silence and acquiescence. He states, the failure of Pacelli to take a lead in issuing a warning of the, to the Jews of Europe once the enormities were known cannot be underestimated. The point has been summarized by Gunther Louis. A public denunciation of the mass murders by Pius XII broadcast widely over the Vatican radio and read from the pulpits by the bishops would have revealed to Jews and Christians alike what deportations to the East entailed. The Pope would have been believed, whereas the broadcasters of the Allies were often shrugged off as war propaganda. Page 286. Well, the real issue for the Vatican during and after World War II was communism. Pius was willing to give a lot of ground to Hitler to join forces against communism. Cornell writes, Yet for all Pacelli's distaste of explicit racism, of National Socialism, his fears were overshadowed by the known aggression and goals of communism in what the Vatican came to call the Red Triangle, Soviet Russia, Mexico, and by 1933, Spain. The Holy See's attitude toward Hitler was ambiguous. If it came to comparisons, the Nazis had not vowed to destroy Christianity. In fact, they had made soothing gestures towards the Catholic Church. 
from the Secretary of State's, that's Pacelli's view, of the church in the world, the threat of communism was altogether a different matter. Page 112. Well, this week, the Vatican has canonized two popes, John XXIII and John Paul II. John Paul II was the hero who brought down the atheistic Soviet communist bloc. However, his goal wasn't to bring down Russia. If anyone is looking for the Catholic Church to champion behind Ukraine like it did behind Poland, guess again. The Christian Science Monitor gave its view of the present situation. The Roman Catholic Church plays little role in the crisis for various reasons. It wields much less power today in Poland, evidenced by the brouhaha over a political declaration for the Pope in Parliament. Ukraine is predominantly Orthodox, and Russia is no longer atheist. Indeed, Putin has courted the Russian Orthodox Church. There has been a need for some unifying ideology in Russia, says Mark Elliott, the editor of the East-West Church and Ministry Report, and an expert on Russia and Ukrainian religion. End quote. Who will the Vatican play to? Remember the words of Revelation, chapter 17, verses 1 to 2. Come hither, I will show thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth hath committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Chapter 18, verse 3. All nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Verse 9. The kings of the earth, who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her, shall bewail her and lament for her. Verse 23, For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all men, all nations deceived. So, who are the great men of the earth today? Who is more likely to be wooed by the harlot of Rome, America or Russia? Does the Vatican want to woo a vacillating, red-line-drawing, Muslimophile capitalist president who is waning in world power and popularity? Or would she be more excited by an autocratic dictator? What is the track record of the suitors? Well, Obama has visited the Vatican twice. Putin has made at least four official visits to the Vatican, visiting all three popes since John Paul II, not to mention Medvedev's visits while Putin wore the prime minister's hat. The Vatican sees America as an ideological opponent. After all, the scriptures clearly tell us that the Vatican, that is the false prophet, and Russia, the dragon, will be part of the frog spirit trio, singing the virtues of liberty, equality, and fraternity out of the same hymn book, joined, of course, by Europe, the beast. We read in chapter 16, verse 13, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. The Pope has already marshaled his forces against America and in favor of Russia with regards to Syria. CTV News had reported on November 25, 2013, during his audience with Francis, Putin thanked the Pope for his September letter to the Group of Twenty meeting in St. Petersburg, in which Francis urged world leaders to abandon their futile pursuit of a military solution in Syria, and lamented that he, what he said was one-sided interest that had prevented a diplomatic end to the conflict. 
France has mobilized hundreds of thousands of people around the globe to participate in day-long fasts and prayer for peace as the U.S. threatened military strikes following the August 21st chemical weapons attack near Damascus. Moscow opposed military intervention as well. Well, we all know the end result of this was. America backed down and Russia was triumphant. The Syrians were simply collateral damage in the great game. The Vatican Insider Report on November the 7th, 2013, in an article entitled Tsar Putin Pays Visit to Francis, said, With the open letter sent to Putin at the beginning of September, ahead of the G20 in St. Petersburg, the Bishop of Robe recognized Russia as a global player that cannot be left out of the search for solutions to existing conflicts and regional crises. Putin had said in November of 2003 regarding potential visits of the Pope to Russia, the aim is not so much to ensure a visit by the Pope, but to promote unity among Christians. It is unlikely that the Vatican will come out in a scathing rebuke of Russia regarding Ukraine, but rather will continue to court them as an ally against American hegemony in Europe and the Middle East, just as it did Nazi Germany in the 1930s. Those who live in North America, and especially Canada, should not sit back and suppose we are far away from the conflict. Yes, the Canadian anthem states, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. But the situation is spreading across the world. One must remember that NATO pact means that an attack on one NATO country is an attack on them all, at least in theory. American youth are still required to register with the Selective Service System, which describes its mission as to serve the emergency manpower needs of the military by conscripting untrained manpower or personnel with professional health care skills if directed by Congress and the President in a national crisis. A European war could certainly trigger such a national crisis. Canada's Globe and Mail reported the following. As the situation in Ukraine continues to worsen, Canada is under increasing pressure to include the Arctic as part of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization's strategy to counteract Russian aggression. Recent events in Ukraine have evoked concern among NATO allies about Russia's potential interest in expanding its borders. In a recent meeting of the Russian Security Council, Russian President Vladimir Putin highlighted the special place of the Arctic in Russia's sphere of influence, Referring directly to Russia's future Arctic strategy, Mr. Putin noted, We need to take additional measures so as not to fall behind our partners, to maintain Russia's influence in the region, and maybe in some areas, to be ahead of our partners. Russia is in the process of continuing its militarization of the Arctic, and this week's comments regard Russia's future Arctic interests are a cause for concern. End quote. Canada does not have conscription in place, and the War Measures Act cannot be used to invoke it. However, the International Emergency Act grants the government sweeping powers. It is defined in the Act, international emergency means an emergency involving Canada or, and one or more other countries that arises from acts of intimidation or coercion or the real or imminent use of serious force or violence, and that is so serious as to be a national emergency. If invoked, basic rights are forfeited, and the government is given the authorization of or direction to any person or any persons of a class of persons to render essential services of a type that that person or persons of that class is competent to provide." End quote.
So as the world pot continues to boil, we must be diligent to put our own houses in order and prepare to face whatever time of tasking could confront us before our Lord returns. For the Bible in the News, this has been Jonathan Bowen. Tune in next week to BibleInTheNews.com. <laughs>